I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Yo, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, welcome our Curious Conversation fam. I'm sitting opposite my co-host, that is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, Tal. <laughs> it's nice, wasn't it? I was thinking about that for a long time. You're Tully and I'm Sarah and we're from Tully Lou. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't follow Tully Lou, is it at Tully Lou? No, that's not what this is about. But we are currently recording in Gold Coast, Queensland. We got out of Melbourne for a hot minute to record some really exciting guests. And we've been recording today. And this morning's guest who is now on this episode is Yasmin Kasim. Yeah, and Yasmin is an actress, writer, what else? I don't know, she's very talented. She's a singer, but she would not say that she's a singer. She's probably one of the most talented people yeah, I know. Literally. So Yasmin uh, starred on an Australian soap series called Neighbours, if you are not aware, probably know Neighbours. And what has she also just featured on that's currently on Netflix? She just actually hit number one, the movie Jungle that mm-hmm. starred Harry Potter dude, Daniel Radcliffe. Yep. I knew you were not going to forget his name. <laughs> and yeah, so we speak about that and we speak about she's just been filming another Netflix series up here. and In the middle of a pandemic, which yeah. is crazy. So she was currently based in Los Angeles, has moved to Australia back home. She's from Australia to film another Netflix series. So she's absolutely bloody killing it. So we talk about her career. We talk about the industry and mm-hmm. what it's like being an actor, actress, in the world today, especially with COVID, but yeah. with diversity. Exactly. So it was a really good conversation. If you, It's actually opened my eyes up to the showbiz world as such. I mean, we do know Yasmin on a different level and have heard about it before, but it's really cool for you guys to hear a bit about it because it's not what you think it's going to be like. Definitely not. Yeah. So make sure you guys like, subscribe. And we also did a new little feature on our socials, which was a quick fire questionnaire, which it was fun. We did that with Yaz. Yeah. And please excuse, it's my first one ever. So I'm a bit awkward. <laughs> she was a little awks. That's okay. Um, first for everything, but we hope you guys like, subscribe and share with all your friends. And we'll see you guys next Wednesday for another episode. Hey guys, what's up? Hello, Tully. Hi. So today we have, I'm not going to say this is one of our good friends, even though you are, because we say this every bloody week and it's getting beyond a joke, but drum roll, welcome Yasmin. Hello. Hello, Yazzy. How are you? I am really good. I'm so excited to see you guys. It's been a very long time. It actually has. And why has it been a long time? Because Kobe kept us apart. <laughs> it has. And Yasmin was based, you were based in LA for a very long time. Yeah, I still technically am. I don't, I don't actually know what, I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> go wherever you need to go. That's but true. We got to spend all, a lot of time together in LA. Yeah, we did. I was going to say, you're used to us coming to LA probably every couple of months mm-hmm. and hanging with us. And it's been about a year and a half, I reckon. I reckon it has been a year and a half. So, Yasmin, obviously you're based in LA, but you're now in Australia. And tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? 
I'm an actress or actor. I don't know. People like to say both. Yeah. And, um, and I also write. Nice. Yeah, I did a little bit of stand-up comedy in L.A., but, um, yeah, I identify as, like, an actor-writer, yeah. really. Yeah. I do have to say congratulations on Netflix. A movie you were in Thank three you. years ago, Jungle, just hit number one end of last year. I know. Yeah. How was that? It was pretty crazy because everyone thought the movie had just come, come out. out. I yeah. had friends that said that too. Yeah, everyone was like, whoa, because so many people are watching that platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great. And then it was also pretty special because I was filming my first Netflix original series at the time and then Jungle went number one on Netflix and I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is kind of cool. It's crazy. Did, it's you, a, did you have to do any more press for it or anything? No, I have, um, I am doing an interview next week just about kind of the series that I was Mm -hmm. just on and we're touching on Jungle Jungle. just because it's crazy. They're both on Netflix. That's amazing. You should be very proud of yourself. Thank you. For for anyone who doesn't know what Jungle is, it's got... Yossi? Har- what, is that his name? Yossi? It's Yossi. Daniel Yossi. Radcliffe plays yeah, Yossi. Yeah, Harry Potter's in it. But yeah. it's a true story about a guy who got lost in a jungle. It's based on a true story. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that lots of people are watching it because it's a pretty amazing story. And to think someone lived through that is And crazy. what character do you play? I play a girl that he meets in the jungle. And you're very <laughs> – if you guys haven't seen the movie, actually jump onto Netflix today and watch it because you play an amazing role and – Every time I watch it, I'm like, fuck, you're amazing. Thanks, Tal. Yeah. yeah, I definitely don't get recognised from that project. Yeah. <laughs> you look completely different. Like if you see it, you'll understand. I mean, it looks like you because we know you, but full makeup and everything was insane. Yeah, I don't have eyebrows in that yeah. and I have bangs. So, yeah, I don't get recognised on the street from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, wait, that was you? So going back, you said you – obviously you're now in Australia and mm-hmm. you just mentioned you've been recording something on Netflix. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a bit about that? Is that why you came home too? Um, I came home, I was on hold for a different job and my agents were like, it's just time Mm -hmm. to, you know, come back. I'd been in the States in lockdown for six or seven months. Mm -hmm. And so I came back and then that job went to somebody else. And then my first day out of hotel quarantine, I booked this show called Dive Club and it's a Netflix original and it's going out internationally in the next couple of months. And it was pretty cool. I was you know, diving on the Great Barrier Reef and I was like, I can't believe that I'm, this yeah. is my work when, you know, for the last seven months I'd been sitting in my room, you yeah. know. You're Did sh- you know how to dive? No, they teach you how to dive. Really? Yeah, you do your paddy course. That's cool. That is cool. I think it's cool mm. because a lot of people in the States, are they working at the moment? Because COVID's pretty bad over there. There's a few shows happening, but yeah. a lot of my friends that are on shows, they start and then they stop and then they start and then they stop because as soon as someone gets COVID, oh. the whole production has to shut down. So yeah. they're trying, but I mean, obviously Australia is just the place to be at the moment. We're so lucky here. Yeah, very lucky. Do you think you'll head back over to the States to do any work? Or you'll stay here? We'll see. I mean, I'm auditioning for both at the moment. Um, Even right now I'm wearing a lot of green eyeshadow, as you guys (laughs) can see, because I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning and taped something for the States. So if something comes up in the States that's really worth it, then I would. But you have to take everything into consideration. Mm. Once you've gone back, it costs so much to come home and... Um, it's really hard to get back home. Yeah. And uh, family is something that's really been highlighted for me during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always really prioritised career and like I've been hustling for my career and now I'm like, oh, it would be nice to be in Australia and be able to spend more time with my family and pursue my dreams. Mm. So that would be the ideal plan. But, you know, if something came up in the States, I would 
I would have to go. Yeah. yeah. Now, Tal and I have been friend with, friends with you for quite a few years and you have opened our eyes to the world of acting mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. actresses and auditions <laughs> and we thought it was such a glamorous life but it's not. Can you tell people what it's like to be an actress? Yeah, uh, you got to love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're getting up at 5 a.m. Yeah. to record and stuff like that, you must be pretty dedicated. You absolutely have to love it. I think, um, you know, because people don't realise how much goes into mm. actually booking a job. You know, even getting the audition is tricky. Getting the representatives that yeah. get you the audition mm-hmm. is tricky. And even when you audition, if you do a really good job, getting the job even when you're good is tricky because you're up against people they've already worked with you're up against girls that have a different look that they want or a different height or whatever that might be there's just so many factors that go into booking it's just not as simple as being good anymore and especially during COVID times a lot of it has to do with where you are Um, like I know in Australia especially my agents were telling me about girls that booked roles but they were in Melbourne and it was a Gold Coast shoot and the borders shut and they lost their lead role in a series. And oh. they had to, so, you know, there's so many things that come into play and especially now yeah. in these times even more so. So you just have to love it and for me I prioritise and really enjoying the journey. Um, I think if you're going to do what you love for a living, don't not enjoy it. Yeah. Otherwise you may as well make money doing something, something else. Yeah. So yeah. I just really try and enjoy it. And lucky for me, I do enjoy the grind. Like mm. I love the payoffs when you finally get something or you get the callback mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. But I love running around LA in my car with headshots in the back. Like I actually <laughs> do love the journey and yeah. I'll love it when it eventually buys me a house and helps me support my family like I love the whole picture of it yeah luckily for me so how old were you when you actually made the move to LA I was I mean I was back and forth for a while because you have to like figure out the visa situation Mm -hmm. but I actually moved when I was 26 you did yeah because I was back and forth for a while and then my management picked me up I think when I was 25 and they picked me up I flew to Australia the next day to do my visa and I booked Neighbours um, that week. (laughs) Yeah, so then I ended up staying in Australia because when I was on Neighbours I booked Jungle. So it was kind of ironic. I waited all this time to get US rep to help me with my visa and then I got work in Australia for, you know, that year. It's wild. Yeah. Now you were saying that you go to auditions, auditions and callbacks and callbacks and that's something that's not a lot of actors and actresses do get, like you're very fortunate that you get a lot of callbacks. Mm, yeah. How do you handle no's? Because there would be a lot of no's mm. in that and knockbacks and you're not what we're looking for. And Yeah. And how does that not affect, does it affect you at all? It totally does. Yeah. I think, I mean, I have not mastered the art of, you know, I lead with my heart. Like yeah. my whole career is my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all I do is like put my heart and soul into becoming people so like I'm not I'm tough but it still upsets me like even last week um when I wrapped Dive Club I'd auditioned for this movie and it was a big American movie shooting here and I had a director session for it and I was like I really want this I really want this and then I found out that day that I didn't get it Mm. and I was 
I was really bummed and, you know, I didn't, I don't think I cried over that, but I definitely felt a bit bummed and you wonder why. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you do know that it's just got to do with probably a different look, probably Mm -hmm. a different vibe of somebody else. And you have to trust that what is yours will come to you. And it's so hard when the ego and the wanting is like, I want the job and I want to do it, but you just have to trust that the right thing is coming your way. It's definitely a ruthless industry and I know Tal and I on numerous occasions when we've been in LA, we're like, hell no, we could not do that. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I think you have to have thick skin. But do you, so when something like that happens, do you, I know you're very spiritual and you can even hear it in the way that you talk. Mm. Like, do you turn to yoga? Do you turn to meditation just to get your head back in the right spot? It's always different. Like when I met you guys, I'd gone through a couple of kind of no's and a few traumas, which you know about, and I was really into kundalini yoga. Whereas with this latest, like coming off dive club, that was months and months and months. I was on two flights a week for like two and a half months Mm, or something, you know, and I was like, go, go, go. And then all of a sudden it all stopped. And then I lost the movie. Mm. And, you know, I'm only human. It's yeah. like that's a lot kind of for your heart to take. And instead of leaning into yoga, I actually ended up, I've been working out a lot. That's and that's good. been making me feel better. Yeah. I joined a gym with my girlfriend and, you know, we've just been working out in the mornings and I feel like getting into my body is helping me. So I think every time is different. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you need to uh, meditate a little bit more. Sometimes you need to do a bit of yoga. Sometimes you need to create something sometimes you need a good cry to your mom and for me right now working out is making me feel much better about yeah. myself and giving me some confidence to yeah. keep myself back up I have a question about characters and playing a character how do you become that person and then when you wrap a movie how do you like detach from that character yeah. Like I think we've spoken about this before about Heath Ledger. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, for me it's different with every character and it, I don't even need to get the job to get attached to a character. Like really? With this, yeah, with this movie, even from the audition because it was so emotional, like uh-huh. I was crying in a lot of the scenes and I'd created a whole backstory for this girl and uh, made alignments between her life and my life and, you know, you, you become attached to them and then when you don't get it, that's why it's such a bummer. But there are other jobs that maybe are a little bit more lighthearted mm-hmm. that you do, you make some choices, you try and make it as fun as possible, you think the thoughts and then it's easier to let go. My hardest character I ever let go of was that character in Jungle. Yeah. Just because, I mean, I had to be so emotional in that movie. I'd created a whole life for that girl. I studied a language and I remember actually calling up my acting, one, actually not my acting coach. She was a woman that I worked with. She's incredible. Um, and she does, she specializes with females on screen and sensuality and sexuality. And I did a little workshop with her when I was becoming keener just to get in my body because, mm-hmm. you know, these primitive women wouldn't have the little social things that we do, you know, with your hands or with my neck or with oh, the little yeah. things that I do. So I was doing a lot of body work with her and I called her crying when we finished what are um, some primitive moves? Like, what do you mean? I get that she yeah. wouldn't be using her so hands to talk. Yeah. It's basically stripping everything that society, without us knowing, has uh, created. Like, even the little things like I'm doing with my hands yeah. right now, yeah. like a woman may not do that. And the way that I 
move my head when I'm speaking like flick to you your guys. Hair or stuff like that. The way that I sit now at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to strip all of that back when you're playing a primitive woman because it's all about functionality. How do you sit so that you can sit for a long time? How do you stand so that you can carry things? Like it's got nothing to do with oh, do I look cute in this outfit or whatever yeah. kind of silly subconscious stuff we have going on without even knowing it when we're standing at a cafe. See, that's so wild. So, so many characters in movies would have to do Actresses. all this training behind like the scenes yeah. and then embody their character too. Yeah, and then you also don't know how much of it's even going to make the movie. It's like, but your job is to just become that character the best that you can. And that's why, you know, the audition's the audition. But once you get the job, you've got the time to really Mm. be like, how do I become this person physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Mm. And with her, I just delve so deep that I had to call up this lady and be like, I need to, I need help. To get rid of her? Yes. And um, we actually did this exercise where I was in the hotel room where they put me up for the movie and um, we like danced around the room and then we did this beautiful meditation where I put a part of Kina in my heart so it wasn't about separating Mm -hmm. and forgetting her but it was about just like putting a little bit of her inside me and knowing that like she's just there. Yeah. You know. That's really really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cute. So I just want to di- go back to when you were living in LA. Mm. Now, so you said you were in LA during COVID. Yeah. Can you just tell us last year, there was obviously two very historic moments, one COVID and Black Lives Matter. And yeah. you lived that fully in LA. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how did it affect your work or did it make you want to work more? Did you write more? How did it affect you? I mean, COVID, I ended up writing two shows that are now kind of in development, one in Australia and one in the States. So that's been a blessing. But honestly, during Black Lives Matter, no one thought about anything but Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. No one posted anything except for Black Lives Matter. It was a really profound time. And, um, you know, I think growing up in Australia, we're not fully educated um, on American history. And, And I honestly felt a little ignorant. And my housemate's American. And I spoke to her about that and we just started watching all these different documentaries and discussing and some of the conversations, they end up being a little awkward, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're all learning, Um, but it was just a very, very intense time, but also a very important time Mm -hmm. to learn and understand that the world is a very unfair place and America in particular um, is very unfair. What happened is not right. And I hope that there are steps made that, you know, can help the world change in some way. Because yeah. it's Did you feel safe in this time? Because I know the streets were pretty wild and there was helicopters and you cops everywhere. You had as well, right? No, oh, didn't. we didn't feel very safe. Oh, didn't. You didn't? No, only because we don't, you don't know who to trust. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, true. Like at that time mm-hmm. it was like, like I remember my housemate being like I never used to see a police car and be like oh no like at that time you just didn't know who to trust Mm. and there were vans taking people away that were you know like you don't know but um we did have we live in West Hollywood and it was Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff we had like army guys at the end of the streets and all that jazz but um we had a couple of people like you know hiding near our staircase we're on the ground floor and we would just go out and you know bring them some waters and make sure they're okay but every time we took the dogs out to go to the bathroom we would hear shots like for days (gasps) well I don't know if there were gunshots or the um the rubber bullets yeah 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 
But it was like, you know, there was just so much violence it's crazy. around. But, you know, at the end of the day, these things, it had to happen. Yeah. You know, there had to be an uproar. Like mm. these people, everyone needed to be heard. Yeah. Did you ever get your one. laptop back from Apple? Because oh, it yeah. got looted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I never did get my laptop back. So the morning of before the, like the main big protest, um, I t- took my, my laptop broke and I took my laptop into the only Apple store that was like open to get fixed. And then that night, because obviously there's protesters yeah. and then there's people taking advantage of the protest, yeah. right? Which that's not, that's not right. No, no. And they're not the people standing for what's right. Exactly. They're professional looters. looters. Yeah. Um, and I saw on Instagram the Melrose Mac store oh. being looted and I was like, oh, no, my computer's there. <laughs> and, then, and then an hour later it was burning and I was like, oh, I don't think I have a computer. And then, <laughs> and then they called me a few days later and were like, yeah, your computer's gone and we'll give you $700. And I just like started crying. I was like, oh, what am I going to buy for $700? A charger? Like, I need more money. So anyway, they ended up helping me out a little bit more and I – I got a computer. Oh my gosh, good. You know, there were people that had businesses that burned down yeah, and they yeah, were like, what, whatever needed to happen to make this point, it's fine. And that's how I feel about my laptop. It's like, there are bigger things in the exactly. world. Money comes and goes. A man died in front of people for no mm. reason. And mm. that's just the tip of the iceberg of the one. whole issue. Yeah. So yeah, a woman was shot in her sleep. Like my laptop is fine. <laughs> like yeah. I'll buy a new laptop. Like this is what's important. With going back to TV, film, and the industry, there's a lot of diversity Mm. at the moment. What's your thoughts on that? I know a couple of white males that are like, oh, God, wrong time for me to be an actor because there's no no work for white males. Yeah, and a lot of people are now – I've never, ever thought of this, but, like, sometimes when you watch a show, like we were talking about the other day, and you're like, oh, my God, there's no – Coloured people on the show. There's no Asians. Bridgerton. There was no Asians. Yeah, for one person. And it's funny. Like, how do you feel about that? Was that what your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think with um, I have thoughts about white actors saying that it's like, come on, bro. Mm. Like, there's never, there's there's not, there's not a show with no white guys. So. And as much as there's diversity, show me a show that has two Indian girls. Like, even then, when there's diversity if you're a, a particular type, they'll just pick one, mm-hmm. you know. So the world still isn't fair in regards to cultural diversity and representation in the media. But, um, you know, they'll always, don't worry, white guys, there will always be roles <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah, if you're like, <laughs> It'll be okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there is um, emphasis put on that. There are scholarships. Obviously, you guys know I did the CBS yeah. Diversity Showcase and, you know, there's opportunities like that which are amazing and but the world is slowly, slowly changing and I've actually noticed it being back in Australia. Like the show I just did had, um, you know, I'm obviously brown and my sister on the show is brown and it's never mentioned that mm. we're brown mm. and I was like, yes, that's what mm. we need. We yeah. just need like people on shows so that it represents the world. It doesn't need to be about being a brown person we just need to see them in the world of the show because I really believe like people think entertainment's entertainment Mm. but I believe like film and tv can absolutely change the world like Mm -hmm. if you there may be someone that is potentially a little bit racist (laughs) or like not as open-minded that wouldn't want to listen to a TED talk or listen to someone speak about 
um, you know, racism, but they might find a show on Netflix that is funny, that mm. maybe addresses some of these issues and that's the way into changing someone's perception yeah. of what the world needs to be. Like I think TV and film is such a powerful way to reach so many people. Mm-hmm. I agree. Which I think is why I was like, you know what, maybe I should be writing and not only telling my own stories but writing roles where I can be leading a story too because there there needs to be more of that. We can't keep seeing all these shows with white leads and, Mm -hmm. like, a black best friend or an Asian best friend and, you know, it it needs to change. It needs to even out a little bit. Mm. Yeah. So you just spoke about writing. So obviously acting is, like, your passion and then you've kind of moved into writing and you said you did a lot of writing during COVID. Yeah. What are your plans? Like, what have you got in store now and then what are your plans for the future for writing? Is that something you kind of – are you, are you asking for the gossip of yeah, what kind shows? Of to. <laughs> I'm like, you hear it here first. No, no, no. I just want to know, is that something you were probably more focusing on now or where do you want that to go? Well, writing was always a vehicle to just tell my own stories that I wasn't seeing on mm-hmm. TV and also to write myself into a leading role. Amazing. Which so That's like yeah. honestly why I started writing. I did this eight-week course. It was incredible about uh, pilot, writing pilots and then COVID hit. Mm. And so I wrote one by myself, which I now I pitched to a producer in Australia and we're in development for that. So moment. does that mean it's been picked up? Like what does that mean in the lingo? That means that we're about to pitch it, so with his production company. Okay. Um, and then I also have a show in the States, which is a little bit further along, which is what I, when we when I first walked into this room, was like to you guys, which I obviously can't say on here. But, um, you know, that is much further along in the process and has some really exciting things happening so I really don't know I've I've never sold shows before but Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I have like kind of two that seem to be moving along Mm -hmm. in this really great way so TBD on that like do I want to be in a writer's room it depends if it's to help represent a character that they need a diverse uh point of view Mm -hmm. for or my specific point of view 100% sure but you know acting is acting is the thing and creating my own shows and telling the stories I want to tell is the priority. Yeah. That's cool. A, a lot of writing rooms now also bringing in the diversity. So like if you're, do you know what I mean? Like someone's asked you to be a writer. I'm not going to name the show. <laughs> but say like Home and Away or something. Something like that. Yeah. They have asked you. We can say that. But are you. Have they? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. Are you the only say brown person in there well I don't know so are they ticking but like do you think like the industry has to yeah of like making sure they get across every I think there's an awareness there's yeah. an awareness that you need to have um a lot of different people that see the world in different ways yeah. and I think it's not just about ticking boxes I think it's that your show is better when people that have different walks of life Mm -hmm. can put their two cents in Mm. and it helps your world that you're creating on tv that people are watching be a little bit more it's more relatable it's more relatable yeah yeah um and it is important you know if you have an lgbtq character to have someone that 
has gone mm. through the journey of coming out as LGBTQ. And it is important if you have a character that experienced racism, it is going to be better from someone that's experienced racism, you know. So I think it's important just um, in writing and in acting to have a really well-rounded, uh, a really well-rounded team of people mm-hmm. to create whatever you're creating because yeah. they're the people that are going to watch it. If you want the ho- If you want to reach the whole world... You can't just have a bunch of the same kinds of people writing. Yeah, that's true. So you're you're an actress, you're a writer, but you're also a singer. Uh, (laughs) Which you haven't mentioned during this. Definitely not. Oh my God, are you kidding? (laughs) So she hasn't mentioned this. Yasmin has, I literally said to Sarah the other day, when I get married, you don't know this, but I'm telling you this now. When I get married one day, I my favorite song is um Oh, far, I can't remember what it's called. It's off um, Crazy Rich Asians, but I want you to sing at my wedding. I literally said oh that to you. Oh, my God. Tell you made me cry. Oh, no, I literally, because I was like, to stare it's at that one. I can't help falling in Oh, love. Elvis, yeah. right? Yes, yes, Elvis. That's right. I couldn't remember. So that song, so FYI, when I do get married one day, I want you singing at my wedding. I want you to sing that song. Oh, So that's how amazing you are. Be careful. You yourself- You've said it on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> No, it has to happen now. I'm manifesting that shit. No, you are a very talented piano pia- pianist. Pianist? Is that right? Pianist. Uh, yeah. Pianist. 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 <laughs> um, you're very, very talented. Where was that question going, Sarah? Uh, would you get back into singing? Oh. Um, at Tully's wedding. No, we just discussed At Tully's wedding. Was that a paid gig? I'm just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, paid, yeah. I thought you were going to say me. Was that a paid gig? Yeah. Oh, for you, I do it for some good food. Babe. Oh, yeah, this, yeah, I can do that. Feed me. Um, food and active wear, I got you. <laughs> I feel like it would be really nice for a character to sing. Uh-huh. You know, that would be really like nice. Like high school but... musical vibes. Because this oh, is yeah, how good your voice is. You got, for the film Aladdin, you got down to the final two, right? To playing I got a couple. I got a couple of callbacks. Jasmine, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never felt super confident. Like I got into Whopper for classical singing because originally I was like, oh, I want to do opera. But it always just made me so nervous. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I'd rather do a nude scene than sing <laughs> for sing for people, you know. Yeah. But you guys were a very big part of that, like really pushing me to sing all the time in front of you. And I do think it's helped me. And I think my way into singing is by comedy, which is why I sometimes make my little like comedy mm-hmm. song videos because it's like, oh, it doesn't have to be like good, yeah. you know, like yeah. the, the pressure feels low. Your, like, your quarantine video to oh, Natalie Brulia's Torn was very, very we funny. We actually have to put that in the show oh, notes thanks. for people who are yeah. listening to see how that's actually a very good one. And the Coachella one, every time that song comes on, what is it, Havana? Oh, la, la. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> every time it comes on, I'm like, I get the Coachella song in my head. But don't you think that like, and everyone says this, and I get the I get nervous before like I teach yoga or like before we record a podcast or if really? I'm like doing presenting or something. And people always say to me, if you're nervous, maybe you're doing the right thing. Mm. Well, I, I was listening to um was it Anthony Robbins? I'm really into Anthony Robbins at the moment. Oh Tony Robbins. Oh Tony Robbins? Yeah. And um he was talking about uh the diff- like there's not a lot of difference between excitement and nervousness. Yeah. Oh, so really? sometimes when you feel nervous, it's like, wait, but is this excitement. excitement? Yeah. So I try and think about that a lot. And I've been really focusing on breathing. Like I haven't been doing breath work or mm-hmm. anything, but even um, on Dive Club when I felt like I had really a lot of dialogue and it was very hot and I was in a wetsuit and I was like, oh, my God, I could really lose my focus here. I just came back to my breath mm-hmm. and trusted and everything was 
fine. So I think the next time I find myself in a position where I feel really anxious, that's going to be my my go-to. Maybe my wedding. <laughs> Maybe at the wedding. I'll be crying. I don't know how. Like, when's your wedding? I don't even have boyfriend. Well, I was going to say, when's your <laughs> wedding happening next week? Yeah, this whole part, it's a lot about the wedding in this podcast. So I don't know if Talia has something to tell us. Do you know what? There's going to be probably about four or five boys listening to this that they're like, oh God, is she talking about me? <laughs> oh my God, no. Do not say that. Now I'm sweating. Um, no, not really. I just want to know, we've spoken a lot about you living in LA, the industry, Australia. What do you think the industry in Australia is different? We've spoken a little bit about diversity and stuff like that, but the whole industry in Australia, is it different to LA? Because there is a lot of pressure in LA. Um, pressure for what? Just in general, like to look a certain way. Like I feel like there's pressure in LA to look a certain way. God, everyone drinks green juices and Yeah, to look a certain way, hang around wear. different people, hang around these people. Is it different to Australia? I like feel more beautiful in LA than I do in Australia. Do you really? Why is that? Um, I don't know. In Australia, I just feel like my particular kind of body type Mm -hmm. and coloring is not considered the beautiful thing. But in LA, I'll get like stopped on the street Mm -hmm. or like I can't go anywhere without, you know, especially because they're more up front there but every time you go to the supermarket someone's going to try and pick you up um I just I do feel more beautiful there and I think that's why I never felt the pressure to be super skinny or anything there even though I was going for a lot of superhero roles and I knew I had to like feel really strong Uh I never felt the pressure to feel really Really? skinny I mean look maybe I would have gotten the big leading role if I was super skinny like you see a lot of there's a lot of Australian actresses who are making it right now that are like very tiny but I don't know, I found LA like a very empowering place. I found some of the bestest friends, including you guys, some of yeah. the bestest friends I've ever made in my life. And um, I found a lot of really, I found a theater that I loved. I found so many things that brought me joy and mm. it wasn't just booking the job and earning the money, which people go there for. For me, I found like a lot of purpose for myself mm-hmm. and I feel like I found my true self. Whereas in Australia, I think I was like constantly trying to like please people, be something. Yeah. Um, and even now, like when I walk around, I don't, I don't feel like the beautiful girl in LA. I definitely feel more like I own myself and I feel really great. I don't know. It's like really? the opposite for yeah. me. Like we need to shift that because you are just a beautiful about, yeah. girl and you shouldn't. Oh, think thanks. Like that. I mean, like here, I'm like whatever, but it's it's just different in LA. You know, no, I get that. Like I get that because in LA, like you do get complimented, complimented more. Australia, we don't really. Like, don't you reckon? Like when you go there, it's like people people would think you're weird if you complimented someone yeah, in the supermarket here. Yeah, yeah, you would never. So I I actually understand that and it makes sense. And like people just really own themselves there and I think with the friends True. that I've made, especially my creative friends, like everyone just is so themselves yeah. and it's so okay to be yourself. Mm. And I just I don't know, I feel really lucky that those people have come into my life and I think I've come into myself and empowered myself a lot later on in mm. my life and, mm-hmm. you know, things happen the way they True. happen. something that just comes with age. I just love getting older at the mm. moment. Like I just am so grateful for where I am in my life. Like mm. if you were like, hey, Yasmin, do you want to be 22 tomorrow? I'd be like, Fuck no. nah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm real good. Just take care of my skin and keep getting older. I'm all right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 100%. If you weren't in the entertainment industry, what would you be doing? 
I'd be working. So I um, was a speech and drama teacher as like a side hustle. I feel like that's still the same industry though, is it? Drama, I was teaching kids. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was more like confidence building for kids. And then I also worked, um, so I had an uncle that was Down syndrome. And so I also worked with a class um, once a week that was like people with mental disabilities. And that was like heartwarming. It's like my favorite Mm. thing to do. So I'd be doing something like that, like how um, drama and music can help anyone with like mental disabilities. Like that's what I'd be going into. And especially like kids and confidence, especially girls, like doing improv and stuff Mm. like that. Um, That's the industry I'd be in 100%. Cute. So you'd be doing improv? Well, like, you know, drama and yeah, Yeah. I'd be teaching like drama and improv and um, also probably like a bit of music and stuff like that to kids. And then also kids with mental disabilities would be what I'd really want to specialize in because, I mean, I saw the difference it made to those kids when I was a part of those classes and it's, it's amazing. It's like the highlight of their week and they feel so free. And I saw the young girls I used to teach actually at my old all girls school and you really saw them come into themselves mm. you know feeling so free and empowered um coming into their own voices and I mean that's the kind of work I would want to be doing yeah and I'd probably try and save some animals too I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I've always had a dream of like having a big house and just like saving all the dogs don't don't become them. a cat lady or a dog lady with all I can like, have a few dogs but not it's my dream cats. I want to have like all the dogs from the pound and then find them forever home oh my god so that's want, actually cute I don't want any of the dogs you're to like die. Lisa Vanderpump yeah but I want to have I've always had a dream of hiring like um like ex-soldiers, like soldiers that have found it hard to like work. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, like they have PTSD. So like having um, uh, people that are like, <laughs> don't look at me. Are you like, What's Sarah wrong? can help you with one of them. Oh, yeah. God, sorry. Was that triggering for you? Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. Um, yeah. So, you know, hiring people that find it hard to come back into the workforce. Yeah. Um, after that really and then cute. having them work with the dogs. I don't know. It's just been like a dream of mine for when I'm like a squillionaire and I can just buy a big, yeah. big lot of land and, yeah, I think that would be cute. the dream. I want to ask this question because I'm curious. I'm not really not thinking of doing it anytime soon, but can you tell us you just did quarantine for 14 days in a hotel room in Australia coming mm. from LA to Australia. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How was it mentally? Did you like it? Because I've spoken to numerous people and some people loved it. Yeah, I spoke to someone the other day that really loved it. I think there's a difference between like hanging out in your house when you feel like you're in your house and someone being like you can't leave. And you guys experienced it even when like you had the Mm. one day after the thing. 48 hours The 48 hours after the COVID (laughs) test. It's like it always feels like, oh, feeling restricted Mm. never feels good. Um, Look, the food is an issue. The food is a big problem. Yeah. Um, but honestly, the staff, like I still keep in contact with some of the staff. <laughs> They're very, very sweet. And I just feel like everyone's doing the best they that they can. Mm-hmm. And this is such a crazy situation. And even though not everything was perfect, I'm really grateful to the staff that like essentially are kind of like, you know, putting themselves at in a risk. vulnerable position. Yeah. yeah. 
um, so that we can come home. And so I felt really grateful. Is it ideal? No, but... It needs to be done, I think. As I say in the song, you know, want to keep your mum safe. It's yeah. Like you do what you need to do and like $3,000 is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But... I'd rather that than have my mom and dad living somewhere oh, that's like America. 100%. You know? Mid- oh, no, sorry, go. What I found interesting about your experience, which you told us on one of the numerous FaceTimes, is that you couldn't open any windows, so you actually had no fresh air in there. That definitely was the hardest part. I only had, like, one main breakdown, and it was when I found out I lost that role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I cried so loud that I'd already had my mental health call for the day. But, like, I got a call from the nurse. She was like, your neighbour said you might need a mental health call. Oh, I was like, oh, my nice. God, I must have just been, like, wailing. <laughs> um, and she was like, what can we do to help you? And I was like, I just need to go for a walk just for a second. Can I have some fresh air? And she was like, oh, that's, like, the one thing we can't give you. Like, So unfair because some yeah. – I've Sylvia, one of our yeah. friends, did the – quarantine in Brisbane and she was allowed outside twice a day for one hour yes Brisbane so you can I think Northern Territory you can yeah you can Sydney and Perth I think are the places. Melbourne you can't Melbourne you can't no. yeah I, I guess it's the nature of the hotels and you, you don't get any just unlucky else. yeah I mean they're not out there to like make you miserable you know I just feel like everyone they're just doing their job yeah and like I said it's yeah. actually unfortunately it's what's needed and I've got a friend that I was messaging this morning he's a tennis player and he was like flying to South Africa and I'm like that's the last place you would want to go right now and I was like come to Australia and he's like 15 days in a hotel room no way and I'm like yeah but it's the freedom after yeah. it's like you have to do that to keep everyone safe I mean look my alternative is even more than 14 days in my house in LA exactly you know like it, it's still the same there yeah. basically and I've been here for three months or something so everyone has to do what they have to do and look it's not ideal. COVID sucks, mm-hmm. but you just have to do what's necessary of you. And even like with me being in it, like having the green card and technically living in LA, but working here, but maybe working there, it's like, I probably will be having large expenses with quarantine and not being able to come home sometimes and all that. But I think everyone has their own journey mm-hmm. of how COVID has really affected them, whether you were in lockdown for a long time, whether you weren't, how it's affected your business. Everyone has their own vice with yeah. COVID. So, you know, I just think just try and stay as gentle as yourself as possible and um, with with other people mm-hmm. too. Like you can't place the blame on – well, I guess sometimes you can <laughs> if people are doing the wrong thing. But, you know, just trying to be gentle with everyone around you. And my housemate and I in LA when we were in lockdown said that to each other. We're like, let's just remember – be gentle with one another Mm -hmm. because our bodies are just going through all this stress that, I mean, maybe in some parts of Australia, not so, not so much, but a lot of people in the world are experiencing more stress and anxiety and depression than they've ever felt in their life. And it's not just you going through it. Everyone is going through Mm. it. So having that, um, a community mentality and just being like gentle, I think is the way to move through life at the moment. You know. I like that. I have one final entertainment question. Yeah. With <laughs> you want to yes. get into acting, Sarah? You do read I my love, lines yeah, with me a lot. Oh my you god! Do I love how women. Sarah, like we're obviously host, but she's always like, "I have a question." It's like I need to put my hand you up. You always yeah. say, yeah. "Pick yeah. me." Yeah. yeah. Um, you did it before. Yeah, because I think I was listening to you say. It. I was like, <laughs> "I'm going to say that." <laughs> 
with so many streaming services, you've got Netflix, you've got Stan, you've got Prime, Prime Hulu, Binge, everything, there are a lot more shows, a lot more acting opportunities, but does that mean actors and actresses are getting paid less? That's a very tricky question because with COVID, I think it's different now. Um, Let's talk pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. I'm not sure. I still think you're paid according to how much you bring to the show, whether that be your star power or you just like getting like the main role. Yeah. You know? Even if it's like a D-rated Netflix show. Well, you don't know it's D-rated until Until it's on the tree. Right. Um, but obviously there are some shows I'm sure that would pay more than pay more than others. Like maybe if it's based on a book and they know there's going to be a huge viewership or I don't really know, but I know that with more streaming services is just allowing a lot more opportunities for actors to get hired. Yeah. It's really amazing. And also it's kind of taken out, um, the pilot season so pilot season was always like the big deal because all the studios would get the pilots and you try and book the pilots and then those shows would sometimes get picked up whereas now streaming services it's like casting Mm. all the time do you think that that affects because I know I could not tell you the last time I went to the movies to be completely honest with you do you think do you remember why are you smiling at me (laughs) I went Sunday did you what did you watch I was probably with um a date that (gasps) she's Seeing that she hasn't told anyone about. Um, Ooh, is that what? Look at that face. See, she's Definitely so secretive. Was... She's gone red. Did you go on a day you didn't tell either of no. us about it? No, this is okay. We had Sarah, a, we have an so issue with this. And she's actually girl. probably listening. Well, if you're listening, you were secret. Very weird. <laughs> if you're listening, I'm probably singing at your wedding too. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's gone red. I have. I went and saw The Dry, which, to be honest, is an Australian film. I read the book and I think <laughs> we won't ask you what we saw. So stop fucking yes, trying to hide. Yes, we did. It. No, she didn't. Um, so basically, <laughs> it wasn't as good as the book. I haven't read the book. No, now I've forgotten my question. Movies, movies. Oh yeah. So obviously, streaming services. No one really goes to movies anymore, except Sarah went to a movie on Sunday and didn't tell anyone she was there. <laughs> and then I just find out about this guy the following day. But that's not the point. And um, the point is that. <laughs> I actually have forgotten my question. <laughs> um, I'm just excited to hear about the date uh, now. No, I actually forgot my question. was really good. I've forgotten. Okay, something to do with movies. Let's backtrack into television. I'm not mind. looking forward to these mics being turned off, by okay, the way. Let's, oh, sorry, let's, watch okay, sorry. Watch us jump so quick on you. I know. Sorry, I've really forgotten the question. I think maybe we should jump to the last questions that we've been adding jump in. Jump to yes. Sarah's day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that she kept secret. Now, Talia and I have new questions to wrap up every episode. Okay. So, and Tal <laughs> likes them, which I'm surprised. Is it like a rapid fire or is it just nah, like a conclusion? Oh, we might do a rapid fire after for Instagram, yeah. but not for the recording. <laughs> nah, so, we're not rapid firing you, Yasmin. We're rapid firing okay. Sarah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay, go. Okay, go. The most used app on your phone, what is it? My Gmail. Really? Oh, good question. Good answer. You might have to open your phone for this. What's the last picture you've taken on your phone? It's a PG rated. Okay. <laughs> um, it is Are you gonna show us? the list of showrunners and producers from the meeting I just had oh before my God, I cool. came. Yeah. Can you turn <laughs> so that I, one around again? <laughs> um, yeah, just so that when they referenced them, I knew like who they were oh, talking about. Good one. Yeah. Um, why do you work out? For my mental health. 
Yeah. That's a common theme, isn't it? Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. And what's your favorite way to work out? That changes, I have to say, depending on what's going on in my life. So right now I'm doing more like HIIT training and I'm loving it. Mm -hmm. Whereas before that, when I first came out of lockdown, I was doing a Pilates and I was loving that, but I just got in the mood for something more hectic. Um, I always end up coming back to boxing, I have to say. Like I'll Mm -hmm. deviate for a little bit and then I'll come back to boxing. But I go through phases and I think it's also a very LA thing because there's always different hot things. So like it's like, oh. True. Sometimes it's hot Pilates, sometimes it's spin, sometimes it's the Versa climber, like rise. Um, I like to mix it up. I like that. I'm like I'm a little bit like that, like whatever mood I'm in. Yeah, I could never just do like yoga. Like I do need something that's gonna exert myself because that's the anxiety Mm -hmm. coming out. Yeah, that's true. Well, Mm. I think that's it. I've got no more questions. Do you have any? I have a lot of questions for you. (laughs) Why are you so secretive? Um, thank you so much for being on. I love you guys. Was that okay? Sorry, but where can people find you on Instagram? Oh, um, my Instagram handle is (laughs) at Yasmin J Kasim. Come see me. Slide into her DMs, hit that shit, tap that shit. (laughs) Oh, I would love some DM slittage. It's been a minute. Really? Okay. Well. Let's Guys, see. You heard Let's it here first. Uh, so thank you. Thanks, you guys. It's a I pleasure love you. to have you on. Love you. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.